are here for a reason. Breaking down the brotherhood, one prayer at a time. Right on, right on, right on. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason. Indeed, you are here for a reason. Welcome to Right On Radio. My name is Jeff, and I am the host of the show. If you are here in the audience, you are most likely one of the elect. And you're most likely someone of higher intellect. A lot of the concepts that are presented on this channel are at a little bit higher level. And this show is going to be one of them. And I want to be very careful with the information in this particular show because you are going to learn some forbidden knowledge. And when I say forbidden, I really mean hidden knowledge. And that knowledge can be described as hermetic, alchemy, Babylonian, Kabbalah. It has lots of different names and there's lots of commonalities. Between these things, the ancient Egyptian and the more modern but still centuries-old Jewish mysticism, I want to make a very important point about all of this, in that it comes from fallen angels. The reason I'm going to show you some stuff today is because this is going to be part of the deception and it's part of what is happening now. It's starting to surface and quite honestly, it's uh, it's a little bit scary. So I don't agree with the information that is coming out. My faith is simple. I believe in the 66 books of the Bible. And I believe that God can keep a book together, which is the Bible. I know the Holy Spirit resides inside of me and hopefully you. I'm comfortable in my salvation and I'm not going to be swayed. But the deceptions that are coming, and there's hundreds of them. There's different deceptions for every personality type on earth. There's not that many personality types, but there's deceptions designed for everyone. And there's deceptions made for each level of thinker that is out there. One of the tricks that the evil magician Satan does, and he is a magician, make no mistake, is 
he creates order out of chaos. You've heard that before. He creates a problem. He sees the reaction. He has the solution. And part of the chaos that is created by these fallen enemies, remember, we do not battle against flesh and blood, but against princes and principalities that work controlling the minds, some willing, some unwilling, but creating confusion in this planet. And what we're going to talk about today is inversions of thought. And let me define that. An inversion of thought is an opposite way of thinking. It could be just simple problem solving where you start at the end at what the result you want and then you back it up. But there's inversions of thinking that are coming. And we've already seen it a few times in our walk in the last few years. Where you think something is good and then it turns out bad. And then it might be good again. And I'm going to give you some extreme examples of that. But first, let me just give you a couple very brief announcements. Uh, today is the 23rd of March. Yeah, of March 2023. And on the 25th, which is Saturday night, we always have our Singapore prayer celebration. We all we have always had it on Telegram, but this time we are going to do it differently. Just this Saturday, as an experiment and as a public proclamation, we're going to do it on Podbeam. It will be live. It will be interactive. So please, if you don't have the Podbeam app, please download it from the store. You should anyways, uh, just if you want to follow this channel. Uh, download that app. I do lives on there. Like you get a lot of uncensored stuff here on Rumble and other platforms, but Podbean has everything, including live shows that don't go on to Rumble. So you'll want to get the app anyways, but download the app. And then at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we will start the Singapore Prayer Celebration. And you can call in, which is just like raising your hand in Telegram, and you'll be able to pray along with us. Also, I will be monitoring the chat. So if you have prayer requests, um, and if we have time, we will get to the prayer requests in the chat as well. Um, so please do join us at Singapore Prayer Celebration Saturday night at 8 p.m. Unless you are planning to head to Reckoning Fest and that is in Dallas, Texas. That is Chris Eric's Baby Trump's uh, event. It is happening this Saturday. He has done a last-minute release of $100 tickets. So if last minute, uh, I don't know how many tickets he has left, but I know he wants to jam the place. So $100 tickets, go to reckoningfest.com. And if you can, the VIP tickets, if there is any still left, I still say that that's a very good value. Um, okay, 
the false light is rising and the false light needs to create doubt in you it need it will twist scriptures in fact let me give you an example and i should have pulled it up the exact scripture but essentially when jesus says that heaven is inside of you well it is if the kingdom resides in you and if you've been transferred from the world kingdom to the kingdom of god through salvation in jesus the kingdom is inside of you but there is also his kingdom that is coming here on earth and then there's the third heaven where i believe we go after the thousand year reign when he brings his kingdom to earth but there's inversions and all of the inversions point to one thing it's for you to not trust in your salvation so that and that's the only thing the devil has to do is get you to not trust in your salvation because it is a faith in jesus christ that we are saved so whether he can take away your salvation well possibly if you choose something else in the future but for the rest of the world who does not have jesus christ as the savior he's going to be presenting these different solutions but before he can bring in his solution he needs to create chaos and he will create chaos by doing inversions opposite ways of thinking and multiple times this is aimed at wearing you down eventually there's only so much someone can take and then when he finally presents his ultimate truth oh thank god i know now will be what many people will say so let me give you some examples of inversions and we know the stuff that's plain in sight like you know what they're doing to the kids uh, kids don't know their gender that's an inversion it's an inversion of thinking it's upside down thinking by the way if you ever look at uh the six sided six pointed cross that is the satan satanic symbol it's two pyramids that are inverted from each other polar opposites inversions is a tactic of the enemy and of course he inverts everything that god does god is holy he is not he is the exact opposite so there are lots of inversions happening today that are obvious but there are some that are coming that are going to surprise you and they're already starting to surface and particularly in the this truther uh community if you want to call it that i'm not sure that's the right name in fact it's probably an inversion of the truth for most 
of the people that are in it. But the inversions are coming rapidly as this false light is rising. And you have to understand the false light, which is Satan, essentially. But it's the rise of the phoenix. And the phoenix dies and then rises from the ashes into new life. Well, he's going to destroy everything that you've thought. And he's going to do it systematically, again, for every personality type, for every level of thinker, for every faith that's out there. There are inversions. So let's just start with the patriot movement. And it doesn't matter what you think of him or not, but let's talk about Donald Trump. Donald Trump good, then Donald Trump bad. We see a lot of the community now turning on Donald Trump. He, I suspect that even those people who are turning on Donald Trump will then come back around and say Donald Trump good because new evidence will come and then it'll be bad. Donald Trump bad. It's going to go back and forth. It's an inversion. It's chaos for Satan to bring in his order. He needs to create chaos and your mind is the target. Aliens will be an inversion. Right now, they're still kind of a mystery. Most of us think that they're fallen angels, but for the general population, and maybe even for some of the elect, right now they're a mystery. I believe when they're first brought on the scene, they're going to be hostile, and then they'll be good. It will be an inversion. It'll be the problem, the reaction, the solution. Jesus will be an inversion. You've heard of things like the Christ consciousness by now, if you don't know what that is. It's essentially you are God. And that's how they're going to pervert and invert the scripture. Again, Heaven is inside of you. It's because there is no heaven. You have to ascend. It takes the efforts of Jesus Christ away from Jesus and makes the responsibility on you to ascend. So they're obviously, Jesus is the biggest target. You're going to hear the Mary Magdalene stuff, the divine feminine, um, ascension, all these things. The paradigm shift, a new level. You're going to hear all of these things. You're going to hear, and it's already starting. And this is an inversion that will shock the world. And I don't believe this. <laughs> I want you to know. I believe Hitler was evil. He was an occultist, he was a Satanist, and he was evil working for Satan. But there's going to be a shocker because everything in the world that you thought you knew was true is going to be inverted. And there are going to be those, and there are already, 
saying that actually the Germans in World War II were trying to save the world. They were the good guys. Again, this is going to be an inversion of thought and it will be convincing to some. Another thing that will be inverted is the Freemasons. Right now, most of this community who's digging for answers, the awakened, whatever you want to call them, consider the Freemasons to be evil. They're, it's a satanic order. Of course it is. But they will be presented as the keepers of this knowledge, and it's because of their valiant effort throughout the centuries that you now are able to ascend. This is the stuff that is coming at us. And I'm going to show you a video in just a moment. I'm just going to go through some of my notes here, make sure I didn't miss anything. There is probably something you've never heard, but this definitely comes from the Hermeticism, which is the fallen uh, hidden knowledge from Hermes, the sun god. It's all fallen angel stuff. It goes right back to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This all goes back to there. It's the same spirit. And this is an inversion of where heaven is in you. And I want you to know that, well, I've already stated what my beliefs are. But there are truths in this. The devil cannot sell a lie without including some truths. Before broadcasting this, I'm not going to get seem religious to you, but I did pray for your protection over this knowledge and that it doesn't affect you, it doesn't land in you. You only have it as, okay, this is part of the false light rising, the light I don't want to walk towards. All right. Um, I couldn't find the original version of this, so the quality is going to be not very good. For those of you who are listening on Podbean, it's not a very long video, by the way, but you'll find it fascinating, I'm sure. For those of you listening on Podbean, the images that are there doesn't matter. The narration covers and will paint the picture uh, for you. And... Uh, I may stop it and make some comments or comment afterwards, but definitely stay till the end because I will have some closing thoughts for you. So here it is, part of the grand deception with, unfortunately, a lot of truth in it, but it's twisted. It's the finite points that are twisted. And remember, this is only to take you away from having your faith in the Lord. That's the only thing it's meant for. 
So let me uh, share my screen and I'll see you in a couple minutes. I'm going to read another excerpt from a very powerful, very interesting book, Hermetic in its roots, alchemical for sure. It's a philosophy of etymology, how words encode meaning and how those ancient meanings our ancestors knew. And with the advent of uh, Rome, all this changed. The calendar was changed. The year was changed. The names of the, the gods were changed. And the languages were changed. And of course, when you forbid someone from using their, their own native language, you get to rewrite their history. You get to change the meanings of their words. It's an old teaching. And if you're, if you're looking into the esoteric side of theology, philosophy, and wordsmithing, this book is second to none, especially if you have a Western if you come from the West, you come from an Abrahamic background, a Christian, Muslim, or Judaic background. This will definitely shine some light on things if you're ready for it and if you're open to it. Everything that we think of as religious today under the Vaticanized Roman Empire is a subversion of the truth, not the truth. And uh, I'm not reading this to piss anybody off. If you're a Christian, this is not to, to discredit your, your way. It actually will enhance it if you're open to understanding the roots of where it all began. But you have to be open to that and, and even ready. So, so here we go. Primitive Christians, the Essenes, fully realized and taught the great truth that Christ was a substance, an oil, or an ointment contained especially in the spinal cord. Consequently, in all parts of the body, as every nerve in the body is directly or indirectly connected with the wonderful river that flows out of Eden, the upper brain, to water the garden. The early Christians knew that scriptures, whether written in Hebrew or Greek, were allegories, parables, or fables based on the human body, fearfully and wonderfully made. You have to understand the etymology of these words, what they mean. So... Christos in Greek is oil, sacred oil. These adepts knew that the secretion, the gray matter, the gray creative, which issues or secretes from the cerebrum was the source and cause of the physical expression called man. And they knew that the river of Jordan was symbolized in the spinal cord and that the Dead Sea was used to symbolize the sacred plexus at the base of the spinal column where the Jordan spinal cord ends, typifying the entrance of Jordan into the Dead Sea. The thick, oily, and salty substance composed the sacral plexus, the quata equina, which means the horse's tail in Latin, which is our, basically that's our, our tail, our, all the nerves that run through our sex organs from our sacrum, from our lower spine. It looks like fine hairs of a horse's tail, so. They called it the Coatequina, 
The horse's tail may be likened to a crude petroleum, hetra, mineral or salt, and oleum, Latin for oil. And the thinner substance, oil or ointment in the spinal cord, may be compared with coal oil. And when this oil is carried up to the crosses of the Ida and Pingala, the two fluid nerves that end in a cross in the medulla oblongata, where it contacts the cerebellum, Golgotha, the place of the skull. This fluid is refined as coal oil is refined to produce gasoline, a higher rate of motion that causes the ascension of the airship. Okay, so what very few people know is that the Bible itself, the bibliography, is, is two things. It's a genealogy, a family lineage. So-and-so begat, so-and-so begat, so-and-so, and so on. But the book itself and all the characters in it actually refer to the temple of God, which is the human body itself. I know people find this hard to believe, but there are all these clues. Like, for example, Golgotha is actually your skull, every human being's skull, because that's this place where the crucifixion takes place. It's all inside of us. When the oil or ointment is crucified, crucified means to increase in power a thousandfold, not to kill. It remains two days and a half, the moon's period in the sign of the tomb, cerebellum, on the third day, ascends to the pineal gland that connects to the cerebellum. With the optic thalamus, the central eye in the throne of God is the chamber overtopped by hollow or hallowed caused by the curve of the cerebrum, the most high of the body, which is the temple of the living God, the living vital substance, which is precipitation of the breath of life, breathed into man, therefore the holy or whole ghost of breath. So what's being explained here, it's a little cryptic, the language, but what's being explained here is the sacred secret or secretion. That's what that word means, secret secretion that comes from from the pituitary and the pineal gland that chemistry comes out of the brain goes down the spinal column column all the way to the sex organs in order to make new life it's charged with electric soul power but that that force also if not used to make life and not expelled or wasted it changes its chemistry once it once it mixes together that's the chemical wedding that the alchemists talk about. Once that new substance happens, it becomes less dense and it floats back up the, the spinal column in the cerebral spinal fl fluid like mercury does in a thermometer. And it rests in the nave in the gland known as the solar plexus. And it charges itself there uh, based on the way you live and it, it the, the way you treat your body the way you eat and drink and sleep and exercise and it rests there for two and a half days now that two and a half days is significant because it's the time each month that the moon is in the sign in which you were born under your sun sign so whatever month you're born under that's the month that's your sun sign and the moon goes every 28 days or sometimes 29 just like the female cycle it goes through each stage 
in the sky of the, the sun sign. So every month, every person has two and a half days where the moon is in their sun sign. And that particular moment, that type of light is a cycle that started at your birth. And your body knows when that is. You might not know, but your subconscious body knows. And it takes an electrical charge from combination of the sun and the moon's uh, electromagnetic energy and charges this up while it's in your solar plexus. That's why it's called your solar plexus. Ever wonder that? Interesting how every doctor around the world, no matter what culture you come from, points to this weird spot where your rib cage comes together in the center of your body and they say, oh yeah, that's the solar plexus. But no one ever asks why it's called that. That's why it's called the solar plexus. It's a, it's a very specific glandular spot. Anyway, George Carey will go on and point this out. The pineal gland is the pinnacle of the temple, the modus operandi, in which the oil of the spinal cord reaches the pineal gland and is described in what follows. There is no name under heaven whereby ye may be saved except Jesus Christ did, or christened, and then crucified. The correct rendering of the text in Greek. Every 29 and a half days when the moon is in the sign of the zodiac that the sun was in at the birth of the native, there is a seed, a psychophysical germ, born in the or out of the solar plexus, also known as the manger. And this seed is taken up by the nerves or branches of the pneumogastric nerve and becomes the fruit of the tree of life or the tree of good and evil. Good, if saved and cast upon the waters, circulation to reach the pineal gland. And it's known as evil if eaten or consumed in sexual expression on the physical plane or by alcoholic drinks or gluttony that causes fermentation or acid and even alcohol in the intestinal tract. Thus, in quotes, no drunkard can inherit the kingdom of heaven, or acids and alcohol cut or chemically split the oil that unites with the mineral salts in the body and thus produces the monthly seed. So that's what he's saying, is that this oil is mm, it's special because it's electrically charged, and it also is special because it has the ability to make new life and your body created it. But it's also very fragile based on the way you treat your body. So the idea is to take care of it and to know that it's traveling up and down your spine and transmutate your sex energy accordingly. Now, he's not talking about celibacy. He's talking about knowing the body and using that energy at the right time for the right things going on. The seed, having the odor of fish, was called Jesus, or ictos, which is Greek for fish, and nun, N-U-N, Hebrew, or of life. I am the bread that came down from heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. So many of us have seen the fish being associated with Jesus. Ictos means fish in Greek. The fruit of the tree of life, therefore, is the fish bread, of which thou shalt not eat on the plain or animal of Adam, earth dust of the earth plain. 
Adam, the word Adam often in, in Hebrew text means red earth or earth, earth dust. But to him that overcometh will I give to eat the fruit of the tree of life because he saved it and it returned to him in the cerebellum and the home of the spiritual man, the ego. The cerebellum is the heart-shaped and it is called the heart in Greek thus, in quotes, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So another little thing, another side, the tree of life is not a physical place. It's never been a physical place. That was the invention of Rome to pull people away from the real place of salvation, which is your own body, the human form. And the tree of life is your cerebrospinal tree, your cerebrospinal system. Your brain is the root ball and all your nerves branch out going down your body like a tree. You know, we are like a walking inverted tree. That is the original tree of life. The body organ that men in their ignorance call heart is termed divider or pump in Greek and Hebrew. Our blood divider is not the button that we touch and we think, but it is the upper lobe of the cerebellum that vibrates thought. The lower lobe is the animal or mortal lobe that governs the animal world. The section of the body below the solar plexus called lower Egypt, natural body, kingdom of earth, Apollyon, the devil, lived spelled backwards, Satan. Saturn governs the bowels. During the first 300 years of the Christian era, all has been above written was understood by the real Christians and about the end of time, the persecution of the Essenes by the priesthood came so marked that they met in secret and always made the sign of the fish. About the year 325, Constantine, the pagan Roman emperor, called the teachers of Christianity together at Nicaea, the Council of Nicaea. Constantine murdered his mother and boiled his wife in oil because they still held the original doctrines of the Essenes. Constantine was told by the priests of his time that there was no forgiveness for crimes such as his, except through a long series of incarnations. But the Antichrist sought to concoct a plan by which he hoped to cheat the cosmic law. And so it came to pass, after months of wrangling and fighting over the writings of the primitive Christians who clothed the wonders of the human body in oriental imaginary imagery, that the council sometimes, by a bare majority, voted and decided which of the manuscripts were quote unquote, the word of God, and which were not. So we all know that the Council of Nicaea was where the Bible was canonized, edited, uh, huge parts of it were taken out and other parts were written in, which is, which is pretty obvious to see. Um, you know, there was supposedly 12 disciples, but there's only four accounts of them in the Bible, the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Well, where's the other eight? Well, they were all there but they were conveniently edited out for all kinds of political reasons. The very important point in the minds of those ignorant priests, whether or not an angel had wings, was decided in favor of wings by the three majority. The minority contended that as Jacob let down the ladder for the angels to descend and ascend upon, it was a prima facie evidence that the angels do not have wings. Okay, what he's talking about there in that paragraph is that Jacob's ladder was not a real event that some man named Jacob witnessed. 
Jacob's Ladder was a story, an allegory that, that talked about the spine, the ladder that angels went up and down are the 33 vertebrae of the spine. And angels are angles, angles of light. They're also called messengers in Hebrew. The point is, is that Jacob's Ladder is not, it's not a story of a man named Jacob. When you read multiple spiritual traditions from all over the world, from different sacred texts, you can't help but realize that they're always talking in metaphor or parable or allegory. So the Bible should be no different. And there are certain people that want to take it literally, but you're talking about something spiritual. And so the only way to get at something abstract is to put it in some sort of language, some sort of story, or some sort of way to refer reference the context of it. So spiritual texts are almost always referring to some sort of metaphor. Just think for a moment upon the colossal ignorance of these priests who did not know that Jacob in Hebrew means heel catcher or circle, a ladder that referred to the influence of the signs of the zodiac upon the earth. And as one sign rising every two hours forms a circle every 24 hours, the four and 20 elders of Revelation, the outer stars and the rising suns, suns, S-U-N, rising suns, and suns, S-O-N-S. Catching on, he asks, to the last suns of the sign ascending. So, okay, there's two meanings. There is the latter, which, like I said before, is the human spine in which the prodigal son of the sacred oil, or Christos, travels up and down to offer healing and enlightenment to the human form. And then there's also the heel catcher, the word, the name Jacob, and in very ancient zodiacs, you'll see a man drawn in the center of them where his back is arched and his heels circle around and touch the back of his head to create a circle. And that's what the word Jacob means. That's the name. It's the man in the sky, which refers to the zodiac, which is a reflection of the time cycle of the human body. Constantine and his dupes saw that the only way to perpetuate the infamy was to keep the world in ignorance of the operation of the cosmic law. So they changed, quote unquote, times and seasons. So that's what I'm saying. The invention of the Julian calendar, the Gregorian calendar, uh, there's other Roman calendars. They slowly changed the, the beginning of the year, some of the names of the months, the amount of days in a month. That's why we have leap years now. You know, for example, the word March is not the third month of the year because the spring equinox happens March 20th every year. So March is telling you it's the first month of the year. And you can go all the way around the year. Look at December. Most people think December is the last month of the year, the 12th month. But in Latin, the word dece or deca, December, deca, means 10. So a decade rounds out a 10-year period. So December or desa means 10. December is not the 12th month of the year. It's the 10th month of the year. And, uh, you know, oct or October, oct means eight, like an octagon. But October in the current calendar is the 10th month of the year. But the word itself will tell you October is not the 10th month of the year. It's the eighth month of the year. But as you can see, 
the Council of Nicaea changed things. And they've kept us in the dark ever since. And it was because they controlled all the writing. There were very few people that were literate, except the clergy. So they had a lot of power to rewrite history, to change the meanings of words, and also to change time cycles. The date that they made the sun enter Aries was March 21st. Why? March 21st should be the first day of Aries, the head. Aries means to arise. April 19th should be the first day of Taurus, the neck. And when, he, when they're talking about the head and the neck, they're talking about that man, Jacob, the heel catcher, the body in the sky. So each month correlates to a part of the human body. So Aries is the head, Taurus is the neck, and, and so on and so forth. It goes all the way down the body each month. On through the 12 signs. But these designing schemers knew that by thus suppressing the truth, People might come to realize what was meant by, in the quotes, the heavens declare the glory of God. Again, the moon in its monthly moon, mon, Monday, all come from the same word. So every moon is a month. The moon in its monthly round of 29 and a half days enters the outer stars of a constellation two and a half days before it enters the central sun's of the constellations that are known as the signs of the zodiac or the circle of beasts. But even unto this day, the whole antichrist world, so-called Christian, except the astrologers go by almanacs that make the moon enter a sign of the zodiac two and a half days before it does enter it and thus perpetuate the lie of the pagan Constantine, the antichrist. Well, what did you think about that? A lot of gibberish. Excuse my language, but I'm just going to say uh, there's an old saying called bullshit baffles brains. And they've put a lot of stuff in there. I can tell you that this does come from... from very ancient writings, it's Gnostic stuff, it's before Christ this stuff was being taught. This is fallen angel technology. They were here for the creation of man. What they say about the fluids and your spinal cord, there's truth in all of that. There's truth that from your loins is creation of other human beings. There's truth that there's power in this. There's truth in that. We know it by evidence of just procreation. But the occultists, and this is occult knowledge, I want you to know that be clear it's actually even high level occult knowledge 
before they do ceremonies, before they to get more power and to do these different things and their sex magics, they will prepare their bodies. Because they want to use as much of God's creation against God. Make no mistake, there is a second heaven, there is a third heaven. You know, if you just take a practical look and break down almost everything that was in those videos, you can discredit them. Just as he tries to discredit the Bible. If God created the heavens and the earth, he can keep a book together. I know I'm a broken record saying that. Man did not fool God. The Bible can be proven authentic in hundreds, if not thousands, of ways. And if you have the Spirit of God in you, you know that it is supernatural. You know that the words are not just printed on a page, but they're alive. Jesus is the Word of God. So although there's a lot of truths in that, you can see that there are some compelling arguments. And someone of maybe lesser intelligence might even fall for it. Or someone who does not have the Spirit of God with them will fall for it. But there's deceptions and inversions of thought coming in so many different areas. As I have said, it's designed for every personality type, is designed for every level of thinking from child to adult, and inversions and multiple inversions is the way Satan intends to direct your mind because it is a battle for your mind and your salvation to finally wear you down and accept his solution. So I put this video out as a warning to you as we continue to go forward. And by the way, if you're watching on Rumble, um, on YouTube, I put all of the ministry stuff, so I don't just do exposés of this type of information. Uh, for I do a Sunday show live uh, every Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern, and it's strictly focused on studying and application of the Word of God. And uh, it's my, my personal favorite show of the week. It's the one that gives me rest, the one that gives me joy. So please join Sunday mornings. Uh, I have a whole bunch of playlists on YouTube that are not on Rumble. It's all the ministry stuff there. And, uh, you know, feel free if you want to balance out some of these things and learn what is the absolute truth. Um, and I'm not saying my interpretation of the Bible is the absolute truth. I'm going to get some stuff wrong. But I read God's word in context, and that is the absolute truth.
just before going, listen, I want to thank you for all the support. Um, I really need it at this point. And, uh, you know, if you want to donate, there's some links in the description box. But if you don't want to donate, but you still want to support, go to mylibertystand.com or send me an email at writeonjeff at gmail.com. So either go to the website mylibertystand.com or go to my email and uh, it's writeonjeff at gmail.com. In other words, right on, right on, right on. Hey, thanks for being here, everyone. And uh, don't forget Singing Poor Prayer Celebration this Saturday on Podbean exclusively. We were going to try to mirror it onto Telegram, but we've decided not to do it at this time. So may God bless each and every one of you. And remember to love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community.